Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we consult our horoscopes for 2022 and discover that we're both Getsafumiden Undying Moon Rising. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I feel like recently I have been on, like, a little bit of a pop culture, like, sampler. Oh, okay. In the sense that... You're at a pop culture buffet. I think so, where Mm -hmm. I've only watched half of, like, everything that I intend to watch. Right, right, right. Started Book of Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. got halfway through it, fell asleep. Started the new Matrix movie, got halfway through it, went to bed. Now, you were just traveling, so you are a bit jet-lagged I am, still. Okay. I am a little bit jet-lagged. Right. This is not an indictment of the things that you're taking in. No, no. Not right. necessarily, Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I just feel like, for whatever reason, I just cannot get through anything. Yeah. Well, um, you, what we're about to do, we are going to get through... The entire year. That is my right? commitment, yes. Yes. You're not going to... If Mark falls asleep halfway through the <laughs> podcast, I will finish it on my own. I don't care. Um, but what what we are up to today is that we are going to go through every game that we know of that's coming out on the Switch this year um, and just sort of like check in. Like, how are we feeling about them? Are we confident that they're going to come out? Are we excited about them? That kind of thing. Are we gripped with anxiety? Oh, my gosh. this game that has been pushed back multiple times... We'll be pushed back again. Yeah, and of course we're talking about Ali Ali World. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, if you would like to get on the list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, all you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can eventually send you my copy of Sonic Forces or possibly uh, Untitled Goose Game. That might be in the mix there. Uh, you never know when to expect that. I'm not at present willing to go into the post office, uh, but... I expect that by mid-February or March that that will have passed, and I will go to the post office. I will send you my copy of these games. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or now you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify. So the way reviews on Spotify works is that we have to have you have to meet a threshold of a certain number of reviews before your star rating is revealed to the world Whoa, in so what we, I assume is a grand ceremony. Yeah, that's right. Well, and uh, if they don't throw us a grand ceremony, we can have our own on this show. Absolutely. Um, which I already have ideas for. <laughs> but yeah, at present, we do not have enough reviews on Spotify to have that uh, reveal revelation ceremony. Yeah, so leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get to your podcast. It is super helpful in growing the audience for the show. And also, Patrick and I love reading your reviews. Yeah, we we do. We we love it. We read them to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, look, I wanna. I now I want to throw that uh, star revelation <laughs> ceremony because it feels like you and I have earned it. It would be we would we would do it right. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, Mark, let's get into it. Let's discuss Nintendo's 2022 release calendar. And calendar uh, might be overstating it, um, because as far as I can tell, outside of um, some indie title dates, um, we really only have two concrete dates that games are supposed to come out. Um, and so let's just get those two out of the way. Um, January 28th, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and March 4th is uh, Triangle Strategy, the um, Square Enix tactics RPG thing. Um, those are the only two that we know of, like actual dates for. That's wild. It feels like, and we will go through the list, we know a lot of games that are coming to yes. Switch in 2022. Yes. But... It's all the dates are all a mystery. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I think we 
maybe have a date for Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. So we but saw not it, officially we, announced. That's right. That's right. Not that's officially right. announced. It had a date in the uh, Switch eShop at one point. That date is now gone. Oh. Um, so I don't know. Okay, got <laughs> I, I it. I don't know what that means. Got it. Um, but so let's let's start there and let's start at the beginning of the year with a, a Pokemon game. Uh, Mark, you and I are weird with Pokemon. Uh, sometimes we are moderately excited about them, and sometimes we're like, uh, we don't care at all, which was totally how we were with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Completely. Um, you know, a remake of a generation we didn't play or weren't even really tuned into Pokemon at the time. Um, where are you right now with Pokemon Legends Arceus? Should we talk a little bit about what the game looks like it is? Yeah. So it looks like it's a little bit more of a, an open world taking place in, like, Pokemon's past, um, but I think a lot of the sort of fan expectation that it is like a Breath of the Wild like uh, big open world where you're like freely roaming around everything has been sort of dampened a little That's bit. That's right. I think the understanding now is that it's more like um, the Monster Hunter games that isn't Monster Hunter World where, you know, you go, you load into a large area, right? but it is not like one enormous like interconnected world that with no loading screens or anything like that i gotta say i'm still a little bit confused about what the like combat in the game is or what like your relationship is to the pokemon um i know when they revealed it they mentioned that like the trainer that you play can be attacked like directly right, by pokemon it's, it's like far in the past way so, in the past so yeah. humans don't have the relationships with Pokemon that we have nowadays, right? <laughs> right. It's like uh, ancient, like Pokemon wolves. Yes, that's Before right. they've been domesticated to dogs. Right. And so, yeah. So I think it's like you can, you're like maybe one of the first trainers to start maybe domesticating building, Pokemon. Building one of the first Pokedexes uh -huh. or, 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 or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it seems like there is uh, the potential for like a setting that uh, can act as enough of a story to like distract us from the fact that it's a Pokemon game and there isn't much of a story, um, which has me a little bit interested. I don't know where where are you on on this game? Yeah, I I, I feel like the timing of it is super interesting to me, super weird, honestly. Like with um, uh, Pearl and Diamond, Brilliant Pearl, Shining Diamond. Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Is that what you said? That's not what I said. Okay. But uh, I accept that as fact. Diamonds are brilliant and pearls shine. You can use the mnemonic that <laughs> diamonds are brilliant. <laughs> and pearls shine. And pearls shine. I don't think I'll ever forget that now. But that just came out in November. The timing of this is so interesting to me that just a few months later, we're getting a new Pokemon game. Yes, a different type of Pokemon game, but a Pokemon game nonetheless I, this is the one being developed by Game Freak, right? Yes, that's okay. right. Um, I have other games that I am more interested in playing or finishing playing. Like I still want to. I still need to beat Skyward Sword. Um, I still want to actually play Dragon Quest Eleven as Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Yes, I'm playing playing Paper Mario and really loving that. I'm still checking in on Animal Crossing and have Happy Home Paradise. So while I am interested in this game. I don't think I have any intention of getting it like at launch. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a uh, wait and see what the response is. But I'm also not really confident that I'm going to be able to trust any review of this game. Right. Um, because I think there are going to be people who are disappointed in it for dumb reasons. And I think there are going to be people who are excited to play it also for dumb reasons. So it does feel a little bit like Lost in the Wilderness here. I would like to know uh, what our listenership thinks of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, where you are before launch and when it does come out, uh, your experiences then. Yeah, because I'm really interested for Pokemon fans. Yeah. How excited are you for this? And for people like Patrick and I who dabble but like aren't real big Pokeheads. Where, Which is what your, they're called. Where's your interest? <laughs> yeah. Where's your interest? Are, are we outliers, basically, is what I'm looking for. I mean, I think we are, but also the, the Pokemon... Us? Yeah. That just feels so wrong. <laughs> the Pokemon community likes to play a thing that it can get mad about, too. Like, I think there will be a lot of hate plays of this game, just as there were a lot of hate plays of Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Um, like, I, I think the, the audience is so committed to it that, like, it sort of doesn't 
matter whether they're excited for it specifically or not, right? I think I feel like that's true of the loudest voices. Absolutely, yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely. But I mean, to, like to that point, um, the loudest voices are the ones that like I uh, kind of roll my eyes at about like the remake of uh, Diamond and Pearl or like um, Sword and Shield and that sort of stuff. And obviously, those games like go on to be uh, successful, if nothing else. Um, I just don't know if Legends Arceus being its own thing uh, ends up like transcending that or right. being like, I just, I just don't know. This one is like all question marks mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. even though we've seen a bunch of it and it comes out in like three weeks. Um, it's, it's almost the biggest question mark on this list of games. Well, I feel like that's kind of a good segue to triangle strategy, which oh, comes out in yeah. March because we both liked our time with Octopath Traveler. Yes. Neither of us beat it. And I kind of got bored with it and, yeah. you know, was like, I've had my experience. I enjoyed my experience, but there's no way I'm putting more time into this game. Um, and so, so I, Triangle Strategy, I'm kind of like approaching with trepidation. Yeah. Because I don't love tactical RPGs. And well, then I've got bad news for you about this year because <laughs> Triangle Strategy looks like it's one of five uh, tactical strategy games coming out on the Switch this year. Yeah. Five. So, here's okay. So here's yeah. So you, you're you're a little nervous about the gameplay I, I, of it. I'm not even really that nervous about the gameplay of it. It's like I I am confident that I will end up buying Triangle Strategy. Yeah. And playing at least some of it. For me, it's more like I liked Octopath Traveler, mm-hmm. but I didn't beat Octopath Traveler. Right, you know what I mean, like. Well, and you and I uh, have talked about this many times. Is that, of course, it is impossible to beat all of Octopath Traveler. No one has done it, um, and no one ever will. Um, but I, the for me, I love the aesthetic of these games. Right, the the two D, three D, the HD two D, whatever they call it, um, is so beautiful, and I just want to spend time with um, works using that style. And Octopath Traveler is in everything but name, a saga game, right? It has the same sort of format of those games where there are these disparate characters and you have to like advance their um, their stories one chapter at a time. And of course it gets tedious because you've got eight characters <laughs> that you're juggling. Um, Triangle Strategy, while using the same aesthetic, is not a saga game. It looks like it's a Final Fantasy Tactics game, which like bumps it up so many levels for me from Octopath. Uh, so, like, while the comparison between them seems obvious, um, I think Triangle Strategy is going to just be a more interesting, more fun game. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, because I do think I'm letting the similar aesthetic style, like, cloud a lot of my feelings yeah. about Triangle Strategy. But you're right, they're uh, trying to be very different types of games. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, honestly, the one of those 2d hd games that i'm most excited about although i can't recall if it was announced for north america or just japan but is the dragon quest 3 oh, yes remake in 2d hd yes that we saw in the dragon quest showcase i forgot about that last it's year? not yeah well yeah last year yeah. um because it's 2022 now right that that was that, that was last year for sure um I don't have that on our list of games. I don't remember if it. I don't know that it has. A, I don't know that yeah. it has a, a release date. I again do not remember if it's announced for North America. Or I not. think it was because I was I, I was burned so bad by the fact that uh, Dragon Quest X uh, Offline Edition is not coming to North America. Uh, but there was a a brief salve of <laughs> uh, the Dragon Quest three. Uh, HD remake mm-hmm. was in fact uh, going to come to North America. But yeah, it's so funny. You reminding me the Triangle Strategy is more like a Final Fantasy Tactics game. That does uh, make me much more interested, like looking forward to Triangle Strategy more. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so we're set on those two. Uh, the next sort of category that we have here, uh, we have a season uh, of the year that uh, three games are announced for. Um, Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, Kirby the Forgotten Land, and Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga all announced for spring 2022. I'm I'm telling you right now, I refuse to believe the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is released in spring 2022. 
I'm telling myself it's never going to come out because I've been burned too many times to yeah. love again. Yeah. I it's I mean I'm I'm right there with you. Should we even throw it out of this conversation? <laughs> Cuz like at this point I don't we, we've talked about it as something that's like coming up and like we don't know yeah. if it's ever going to come out and it looks cool and whatever. We're excited for it. We're excited when it comes you know, out. I think um we're professionals <laughs> and we can set our personal feelings aside. Mm-hmm. Okay. To discuss it in an academic matter. Because I can't be mad at it. No. Because I want it. I want it so bad. It's like it's a reflection of myself that mm-hmm. I can't talk about it. You right. know what I mean? Right. You hate and love Lego Star Wars, <laughs> the Skywalker saga, just as you love and hate yourself. Like Gollum. Um, yeah. I is mean, that on this list? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Uh, and, and that comes out real soon, right? Does it? I honestly. I think it comes I mean, it. it but we can talk about that after we go through these <laughs> these three games. Um, but so Lego Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga uh, is a game that ties all nine movies together, um, and you can approach them in whatever order you want. And it seems like it's got some very nice like open world elements. And unlike the other Lego games, um, is less sort of like level based and more like objective based within those worlds. Yeah, it seems super ambitious on so many different levels. Like you're saying it changes the formula of what we expect from the like licensed lego games yeah feels seems like it's very much more like open to exploration you can do any of the like chapters like any of the films in any order it has a remember when they were doing press for this back in early 2020 when it was originally announced for release or when it was gearing up for release yeah there you know there was discussions of like hundreds of characters um, Yaddle is Yaddle playable. is in there. Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah, this is a game that, man, we, we saw, saw at E3 2019. And was excited for it then. Mm-hmm. I continued to be excited for it. Whenever this game comes out, I will be purchasing it. But I would love if it actually happens to be spring 2022. We have not heard anything right. for a very long time. Like, they were really, like, gearing up for release and then went dark pretty much after that. Yeah. And, um... Which understandable because like when did they go? When was that that they were like you know what it's not coming out this year? Was I that really like October think it was or like, something? Uh, so my memory is that they were doing that the like those interviews where they were talking about like 150 play cool yeah. characters or whatever. Camera what the number was. It may not be 150, but it was a lot. It was like whoa, that's a lot. Uh, my memory. Well, let's is that let, that let's was count like, them up. Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Luke my memory Skywalker. is that, that that was like april may ish. I thought it was Yaddle. like early 2022. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or, sorry, early 2020. Right, like. Le- Early 2021. <laughs> no, early 2020 that oh they were. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, that they were doing the like, this is getting ready to come out. And then we got the delay. And after, you know, that delay announcement, we've had like delay announcements after that. But other than that, they haven't really talked about the game, which makes sense because like, why right. would you do all that press? Right. When you, you're still... you reach a point where it's like, just stop talking about it. <laughs> and we are at. We're that there. Point. We're yep. there. So maybe we should stop talking about it. Fair. Um, all right. Uh, did you get a release date on Gollum? It just says from the tiny bit of research I did just now, it's yeah. just 2022. Okay. So I don't think we have a um, – it's not looming over us. Okay. All right. Uh, and it's not imminently arriving. Yes. Uh, but these other two games that are imminently arriving, Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, Kirby the Forgotten Land – Let's start with Advance Wars because that feels like the less exciting of the two releases um, to me. I guess I, I don't know. How, how do you feel about Advance yeah, Wars? Yeah, I, I uh, like Advance Wars. Um, this feels like a good – we've talked in the, on the show in the past about how I kind of miss those Nintendo handheld franchises yeah. that – existed in a way that where they didn't need the fanciest graphics you know they didn't need to be like a 60 dollar experience necessarily right and advanced wars which really will be 59.99 <laughs> right but like really fits that mold and so i'm i like having those handheld console experiences even if yes you can play it on the tv uh so I am looking forward to Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 or Boot Camp. This feels like one that I'm going to buy and not play for a very long time, but then when I do play it, I'll like it a lot. Yes. That's so that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm also hoping that it is uh like a fun like I I cuz they they've done a lot to change like the the graphics of it and um sort of like update it for uh 
um, modern players. I hope to see more of what like those gameplay features are um, because for as much as I like tactics games, um, I've always I've n I'm not good at Advance Wars, uh, not in a way that I feel like I'm pretty good at Fire Emblem. Um, like when I was playing the the first Advance Wars, uh, like maybe a year or two ago on the Game Boy Advance, uh, there were levels like pretty early on that I had to restart like five or six times and like didn't understand what I was doing wrong. Um, and for whatever reason, the type of tactics games that Advance Wars is and by extension that other Oh, what was that game called that was uh, like Advance Wars, but it was an indie game? I can't remember, but I, I can't remember it either. Um, that I couldn't wrap my head around that one either. Um, like, I just need my tactics games to be Final Fantasy Tactics-y or Fire Emblem-y. And I hope that this, even though if it's just one and two, like, I kind of know what these games are already, and I know I'm not good at them. But I do wonder if there will be quality of life improvements, like even uh, difficulty settings or something like that. Yeah, or Like a yeah, rewind yeah. feature. Like some of the stuff that I am more familiar with because it existed in three houses where like sure you can go back a turn a couple of turns like that sort of thing or even in uh the re-release of the um Famicom uh Fire Emblem from the end of 2020 that that has a like a rewind feature in it as well also you or mentioned save states or you mentioned the updated graphics and I wonder what this game will look like the next time we see it mm -hmm. yeah because it's been a little bit since we've been updated on on what it looks like so I'm planning on picking it up, but yeah, same. doing like a very like casual playthrough, and like a a, a lux long luxurious. Mm -hmm. I come back to it, like over how the I'm doing like Skyward Sword. Totally, where, like, yeah. Loving my experience, but it's dragging out, dragging it out. Uh, next, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, the first banger of the year. What is your experience with 3D Kirby? Because I have very zero, limited experience zero. with 3D Kirby. I have zero experience with 3D I Kirby. I don't really know what to expect from this. No, me neither. Um, well, And, like, neither of us are big Kirby guys, necessarily. We both have Kirby games in our past that we have enjoyed um, or that even were, like, very meaningful to us. Yeah, but there are way more Kirby games that I've never even played yeah. than Kirby games that fall into that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just, like, the aesthetic of this game, seeing Kirby running around, like, uh, a ruined city that has been overtaken by the forces of nature um, seems seems cool. And it... it if Nintendo wants to give me like a 3D platforming adventure, I almost don't care what character they put in there, right? Like that's a brand and a style of game that I trust together. If it means it's also a Kirby game, then like fine. I don't feel I don't think I have that much You don't have like, that much faith? Well, yeah, not in general. But I I don't know. I I'm looking forward to this. It is not my most anticipated game this year. Sure. By sure. a long shot. Well, and it's, it, it is not my most anticipated game either. I just, it seems like that we've already kind of discounted Lego star Wars. It's not actually going to come out in this window. Um, and just of, of the four other games that we have like uh, solid dates or a date window for um, Kirby and the forgotten land feels like the biggest like event release. for Ab me. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the biggest opportunity for something that I've never experienced before. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, like something basically new from, uh, from Nintendo. All right, Mark, would you like to move on to the, the next category in our list here is 2022. No narrower window than 2022. Um, so we, we, we've got that. And then we also have indie games uh, for, for the year. And maybe we'll only like glance through the indie games. Um, but let's just go through some of these games that we have in 2022 with no narrow window. window. These are sorted alphabetically, starting with Bayonetta 3. I just don't care. I just don't care. They're the most recent trailer when Bayonetta 3 was re-announced or re-revealed, I guess, or shown off at all. In the yeah, it's the first time we saw direct. anything that was like gameplay or cinematic or anything. I thought it was kind of fun that it had you know like uh, big mechs, mm -hmm. like kaiju and kaiju monsters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but my experience with the with Bayonetta two when when Bayonetta one and Bayonetta two were released on Switch, you and I each played one game. I, my memory is that I played the second game. I don't remember. Yeah, I pretty. I think I played the second game, and you played the first game. Mm -hmm. And um, 
It's just, it's just not my thing. Yeah. I just don't care about Bayonetta. Yeah. Um, I am interested in this one uh, more than I was the, uh, the the first two Bayonetta games. Um, just because it feels like this one has something to prove in the way the other ones didn't. Um, and maybe just, you know, refining uh, a, a game like Bayonetta, which is so, like, you know, character-based action, um, is something that can stand to be refined forever. Um, so by the time they get to the third entry, like I'm hoping they figured it out and that it's fun and sticky in a way that uh, appeals to me. But I mean, you're, yeah, yes. I mean, I guess what I'm saying <laughs> Maybe is like, I won't. No, no, no. I mean, I, I hope for you that that is your experience. But I feel like you're talking about like, oh, like they will figure it out by the third one. But but a lot of the fans would say they've already figured it out. Right. I think yeah. like the series is beloved by its fans because it feels like it already has that like formula for success. Right. They already walked into the Oracle's house, saw the plaque that said, know thyself in Latin. Um, and it already knows itself. I'm yes. talking about the matrix here. <laughs> Mark only made it halfway through the new one. <laughs> uh, okay. So not super excited about band of the three next up on our list for 2022 uh chocobo gp i mean game of the year I'm, game of the decade i can't help it i know i'm excited about this game i, I want a final fantasy themed kart racer <laughs> which is what this is i don't know why it would be bad it probably will be i know why would it be that is such a good point why would chocobo gp be yes. bad why would it be bad doesn't make any sense if you're gonna make a chocobo gp game you're right. clearly going into it with the intention of it being the best kart racer of all time. But it doesn't even need to be the best kart racer of all time. It can be a decent kart racer, and then it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> I'm really, I'm uh, embarrassingly excited for Chocobo <laughs> GP. Yeah, me too. I, and uh, every time they like, we get a, a peek at like a new uh, racer or a new track. I'm like, that's from this Final Fantasy game. That's this, whatever. I'm excited about it. I want to see all of the secrets that are buried in this game. Mm-hmm. I want to race around. I want to level up my spells while I, <laughs> you know, ride around in a Gilgamesh, whatever. Um, I want to have fun with this game, Mark. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I genuinely cannot wait for Chocobo GP. Uh. Next up, Getsu Fumiden Undying Moon. Um, Getsu Fumiden is uh, a game that goes back to the original Famicom. Um, we didn't get them here, right? But the... We didn't... I, I cannot remember. Right. We should, we, can refer, we should refer back to ourselves when this was revealed at like a direct mini or whenever it was revealed at, where we did a little bit of research on it. Right. I have forgotten that research. Here's what I... Think. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so what I think yeah. is that this was the original game, the one that this is based on, was released in Japan only, but that in North America, we got like the sequel to it under a different name. That is my vague memory. Why do I feel like it has a connection to the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game? Yes. On yeah. the NES. Yeah, that, that, that tastes right. <laughs> <laughs> These are all half memories, and we shouldn't explore them too much. Um, I, I, I'm always curious because this is, is a Konami game. Uh, yes, it's I, one of like the mm-hmm. Konami collaborations with uh, like an indie developer, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and so I'm I'm always interested to see. Uh, how these perform, both in terms of like how people respond to them and just uh, if they are making money, um, because Konami is in such a weird place game development wise, uh, and I think a healthy Konami is good for the games industry, uh, but uh, maybe maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, moving on, uh, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I'm excited about this one. Uh, this uh, is a sequel to the Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which came out the launch year of the Switch. Um, uh, a turn-based tactics uh, RPG featuring Mario and the Rabbids from the Rayman games. Um, I really liked the first one, uh, and I'm very excited for the second. Yeah, this is another one where I didn't I, I didn't beat the first one i kind of like hit a wall where there's a battle and i was just like i can't beat this i've tried a number of times right. i'm just gonna like move on with my life but i enjoyed what i played so much that i am very excited for this one it's two things that should not work at all but is so like 
over the top and ridiculous, but also earnest that it really works. Yeah. I, I'm also very interested to see what uh, surprises the game hasn't shown us yet. Um, one of the things that was exciting about the reveal was we saw rabid Rosalina, uh, which is great. She's like bored and like sleepy so and put stuff. Upon, yeah. Um, and the more stuff like that, that they have in the game, like the, just the better it's going to be. Yeah. Um, the rabid versions of the Mario characters are an absolute delight. Um, I, 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 I love them all and I want to see them all in every game that I play from here until the end of time. Um, so very excited about uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Sparks of Hope. That is the third tactics game on the list. And not the last. No, here comes the fourth. Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is coming out the second half of 2022. Um, this is Marvel. It's weirdo, like dark Marvel characters, uh, like um, Punisher and uh, Doctor Strange and like Wolverine's in there, Ghost Rider. Um, and it's a, you know, tactics-based uh, game. So um, this one was delayed out of uh, 2021. Um, I don't know. Where where are you on, like, hype level for this? Uh, this is another one that we'll pro- I'm just planning to kind of, like, let, let pass, pass by. by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am a little worried about uh, tactics, strategy tactics uh, overload this year. Um, and I think I will probably be overloaded by the time we reach the second half of 2022. So, but I, I mean, I, I like the characters. I like the concept. Um, yeah. Uh, it has a good pedigree, right? Like it's developed by the people who developed the most recent XCOM games. Yeah, that's right. Um, which, yeah. Are you, you like familiar right. with like Midnight Suns? I'm assuming that was a, like a comic like run. Yeah, or like well, a series. It's or like something. an it's like an '80s comic run. Um, I've never read it, but I like the characters involved in it, you know, um, and especially characters like uh, Ghost Rider um, and like that ilk are not really being featured in other non comics Marvel stuff at the moment. So just that sort of novelty would be fun to to mess around with. I feel like we're so inundated with Marvel stuff that like any different flavor of it. Uh, which is so dumb. Like it can just do something that's not Marvel related uh, to experience that. Um, but yeah, there's some like kind of novelty there that has me excited. Mark, are you ready for the fifth tactics game? <laughs> yeah. To me, the strangest yeah. one on this list, Meg- metal slug tactics. Yeah. Metal slug uh, known to be like a run and gun arcade shooter uh, returning as a, as a tactics game this year. Um, strange. I don't really know what to make of it. I like the aesthetic of it. Um, they do a really nice job of recreating the like 32-bit pixel art in sort of like an isometric um, setting, uh, but you know we don't know uh, how the game plays or anything like that. I think with a lot of these tactics games, uh, it just ends up coming down to like balance, mm-hmm. right, and like how good they are at being tactics games. Remember, uh, I guess two years ago now when the or maybe it was just last year who remembers um the dark crystal tactics game came out oh that's right um and like it looked cool and all of that but uh and you know has a a cool license in the dark crystal um but that like the game itself was just like a little bit unbalanced and like tough to play so like it kind of came and went and no one made any kind of like fuss over it which i feel like was the series itself that like totally totally series yeah. yeah um i was trying to Google which game yeah. was associated with the phrase alien gut bucket. No, that was Contra Hardcore. <laughs> that was Contra Hardcore. Yeah. I don't think anyone else remembers uh, in the world, even the person who wrote it right. remembers that line or that game from like an E3 reveal. But I do, Patrick, I do want you to know, I want you to share this with me and listeners, that when I Googled alien gut bucket, you'll be happy to know that the the main results are images that is it's a like a xenomorph uh-huh. head with like a handle on it well, so like got, it's like a, sh- it's like a plastic oh, it like, is it is an alien it's like a halloween like a trick-or-treat bucket yeah i it, like that i mark can you order delighted. some of those <laughs> yeah i'm delighted for our uh spotify star reveal party yes absolutely um so metal slug tactics i feel like goes in the the pile of like too many tactics games for the year um still kind of cool and something that i may want to like loop back around to 
in a tactics light year if we ever have one of those. Uh, next up, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. This is DLC and not its own game, but uh, you know the this one. I think we have a summer. Oh, they announced okay. it as like a mm -hmm. summer window. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, neither of us uh, were playing. I was like pointing to my head like I was the scarecrow in the Wizard yeah, of right. Oz <laughs> while I was doing that. By the way, if I only had a brain. <laughs> um, Monster Hunter Rise. I didn't play Monster Hunter mm -hmm. Rise, so I do not anticipate that I will be picking up Sunbreak. Uh, yeah. Same. And I don't anticipate that I'll uh, end up getting into Monster Hunter Rise. So uh, it came out last summer, and I intended to play it, still kind of intend to play it someday, but Monster Hunter Stories 2. Oh, right. That does have appeal to me. Yeah. Why did you not pick it up? Just, Who knows? Just, <laughs> yeah. Who <kn> <laughs> Why do we do anything? <laughs> I don't I don't. I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember. Oh, I was moving right around that time. Oh, sure. And it just started a new job. Right. Yeah. And so getting into like a, an 80-hour RPG, not really. Yeah, it wasn't on my list. Not on your list. Yeah. Uh, Splatoon 3 is next on this list. Um, doesn't matter when it comes out. This is a day one purchase for me. So I, excited. Splatoon is so much fun. I intend to get my butt kicked just up and down the court uh, just over and over again. Um but I'm excited about this. I like having the reason to get into doing like turf war or, you know, whatever. If there's a new kind of salmon run um, and the single player campaigns are always fun. I'm I'm stoked for this. I know. I'm so excited for the return of Splatfest. Yes. Because, you know, with Splatoon 2, I bought it when it came out, put a lot of hours into it and then would put it away, but every time there's a Splatfest, what a great reason to go back into it. Right. And so excited for that whole cycle again. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like that that cycle, like the, the beginning of that cycle is so fun, right? Um, when we start playing it, we start like unlocking new weapons and being like, oh, have you gotten this thing yet? Uh, what, you know, figuring out what people's loadouts are. All of that is just so much fun. I, li I like the aesthetic of Splatoon. Yes. Uh, I like the lore of the universe. The music. I'm so excited for the new music. Yeah. The Splatoon music is so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Um, do you, what are your hopes for like the the single player or like the? So I didn't complete the single player mm -hmm. in Splatoon two, and so I I didn't play the DLC like the um Octo, Octo expansion. expansion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I, I don't have any like real hopes and dreams for the single player because it hasn't been a core part of my like Splatoon experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do make a point of playing through all of the, uh, the single player stuff. Um, I didn't finish the Octo expansion because it got too difficult for me. Um, but I'm excited to see whatever they, they can trot out here. If there's, if they end up doing anything that's a little bit more, like based in the reality of the world, um, you know, one of the things that the uh, campaigns for both the games, the, the first two games do is like they take you into these weird like abstract spaces, which are fun. Um, but I feel like if there could be something that like, I actually feel like I'm in their world would be really fun to like mess around in. I, and yeah. And I, I feel like with the teases that they've given us and the information that they've given us about like the return of mammals, mammals into the universe, and like, like you that and me, sort of, that sort of stuff. Um, that has me. I mean, I know that l these games are not like heavily story based, right? But, but all of that, lore. like There's all lore. of that lore stuff, yeah. I really enjoy. Um, very exciting, but probably the most exciting thing that's on this list, and I have it on the uh, 2022 um, like portion here, even though. Uh, it is not currently listed on the uh, Switch eShop. We, it's, we've been told Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. Don't know what its name is, but we have been told that it's coming out 2022. Yeah, the last word mm -hmm. is that it's coming out in 2022. I mean, really, I think, Patrick, above all, the question on Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel is, do you actually believe it'll release in 2022? Tough to say. Real, I very really tough, tough to say. say. Um, because they've been teasing us with it for a while, right? Um, the uh, what, what, when was the uh, the, the first trailer for? It? Was that twenty nineteen? This is all. This episode is a lot of you and me half remembering things. <laughs> it must have been twenty nineteen because there was no E three twenty twenty. Right, and um, it, and, and twenty eighteen seems too early. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but it could have been it could have been 2018 who knows um yeah i mean this is one where it's like yeah what whenever it comes out just like give it to me i'm gonna play it the i'm gonna play all of it yeah are you at all nervous about this game i am not nervous i am um hopeful if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. like i i loved breath of the wild so much like that is one of my favorite all-time playing experiences because even though i was playing it by myself it was such it was so communal because everybody was kind of discovering the secrets at the same time yeah and being able like talking to you going online talking to friends and being seen like i didn't know you could do that or i didn't know if you did this thing like that was so magical and that's what like made that game like the sense of exploration once i unlocked the entire like map of hyrule the game lost I, I enjoyed all of it, but it lost, like, the its core appeal, like, its core hook to me. And it seems like, from what we've seen, which is very little, that this game takes place in Hyrule that we know from Breath of the Wild. But, but it's adds messed this, up like, somehow. Messed up somehow, yeah. adds this new dimension, adds, like, um, the sky that you can explore and all that kind of stuff. So, th- what... What I w- am hopeful for is that it will somehow be able to recapture that sense of exploration yeah, and yeah. discovery that the first game did so well. Can I express a concern at this point Please. about Breath of the Wild 2? Um, there was a period of time where I was of the belief that the new Breath of the Wild game would only be running on like new Switch hardware. Um, and this is part of you know when we were hearing rumors about... Uh, uh, pro versions of the Switch, which obviously got revised down to the uh, OLED version, um, but also kind of around rumors of Nintendo telling developers to be ready to develop things that could be exported to uh, 4K. Um, do you think there is a world where this game was being developed for the new version of Switch hardware and they have now had to either like spec it back down to run on existing Switch hardware? Because like we're not going to get we're not going to get new hardware this year, right? Um, or we're not going to get like better hardware if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, we might right. get a new like form factor or something, right? Possibly, but we're we're not going to get new innards of of Switch this year. Um, but yeah, is is that so? I don't th- I don't think so. Okay. And the reason why it doesn't concern me is because I would expect that even if it was released on a like more powerful Switch, yes. that it would also run on like. Because it was announced, I guess it. Now that I'm, I am about to say that it was announced for the Switch. I don't actually know that that's true. It was announced for that it existed, but but I think uh, my expectation. The original is, Breath of the Wild was not, was announced for Wii U, right? And so my expectation is that when this game comes out, even if it was with new hardware, that, that it would, would be run across. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. So you finished Skyward Sword. I'm working my way through it. Really l- liked am enjoying Skyward Sword a lot. Um, I feel like after the most recent trailer or teaser that we got for Breath of the Wild, sequel to Breath of the Wild, yeah. that there was a lot of speculation about like, oh, is this incorporating like ideas from Skyward Sword um, with like the you being in the sky more often. And right. I guess that's maybe that's where it ends or when he's like Link is falling. I guess it kind of looks like when Link is falling in Skyward Sword. Yeah. I mean, Link doesn't really free fall through the air like that in any other game, right? Like it's really just Skyward Sword and in what we've seen of Breath of the Wild too. Does that, I mean, I think we were both excited for sequel to Breath of the Wild no matter what, but do you, but do, does having just finished Skyward Sword and I think enjoying Skyward Sword, yeah. does that make you do does the potential for those two things to kind of be like cross pollinating and pique your interest? Yeah, well, and like because it's a Zelda game, I don't expect there to be like direct, concrete story connections between the games. But if it is just like kind of taking the cues of Skyward Sword, I can see where that would be fun. There are also like little bits uh, in the trailers that we've seen that sort of imply like a backwards time motion where like you're able to uh there's uh like a spiky ball rolling down and link is able to reverse time and have it go the other way um even the move where he like sort of turns into a drop and like uh goes up through a platform above him seems like a reverse fall um 
just like that uh, kind of ties into the like gates of time or I forget exactly what they're called. There's so there is some gate that connects to the distant past in um, Skyward Sword. So like I wonder if all of these ideas, all of these Skyward Swordy ideas are at play without it being like directly connected. That's a to it. that's a really good point because that was I mean they do that so much in the original Breath of the Wild where it's like oh here's a nod to yes. you know this Zelda game. Here's Lon Lon Ranch. Yeah, here yeah. like some ideas incorporated into it, but. Right, I. We shouldn't expect there to be like really explicit, like, and here is Fee. Right, <laughs> right. But there is something weird going on with Link, right? Like he's got this, uh, or the player character, uh, that he's got some kind of weird arm thing going on, and his hair is all shaggy. Right, it's kind of like, it, I feel like his tunic. For when I saw it, my first thought was more like Greek toga type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's something going on there that is either not Link. Or it is, but you can't be playing as not Link. There's something going on there, or they're hiding something from us. Yeah. Um, we, and what they're hiding is that they're ripping off uh, that Ubisoft game. Yeah, Immortals Phoenix that's Rising. That's right. I got there. <laughs> um, okay, obviously we're excited about uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Oh, let's go back to it. Do you think it comes out this year? I, I remain ever hopeful. <laughs> But no, I don't think it does. I think it's delayed till 2023. I think it does come out this year. Um, I we we have questions coming up about like some other games that like aren't uh, on the calendar, and I think all of those games will not come out this year. Uh, but I I do think we we have waited enough now. Um, enough time has passed. Nintendo will need a big, uh, like everyone play this game kind of game, uh, and Breath of the Wild two will be that. Well, should we jump down to the those titles that don't have? Let's let's first just go through and see if there are any of these indie games. I made I made a list of indie games. We don't have to go through all of them, but if there are any on here that you mark are excited about, um, I I can shout out a couple that I'm interested in. Um, Card Shark, which is that uh, game that we were trying to remember the name of the other day, um, where you are like a, a Frenchman who cheats at cards and like live a life of like high crime and gambling. Um, I'm excited for that whenever it comes out. Um, sea of Stars, uh, which is due out in holiday of uh, 2022, is the RPG in the um, world of that game. The Messenger. The Messenger. Um, I'm very excited about that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Shredder's Revenge, which is done in the style of uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. This is another Turtles one that Time. was delayed from 2021, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, uh, those those are sort of like the highlights of, of the indie games for me. Yes, yeah, Sports Story, which yeah. I think is not like they haven't even whispered 2022. We haven't heard anything no, about th- it in a very long time. That's me extrapolating, just like Hollow Knight Silk Song is on here. We have not heard anything about that for a long time, but maybe this year is the year. Uh, Locomotive, which we saw at the most recent Indie World Showcase, seems fun. And Bear and Breakfast yeah. also is something that looks really cute. You're a bear who runs a, a bed and breakfast. Yeah. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is also going to come out at some point this year. I liked Fall Guys on uh, when it was out on PlayStation. And, you know, everyone should check it out when it comes to uh, to Switch. Anything else on that list? Or should we move into the, like, hey, where where are these games? Yeah, let's move into the where are these games. And also, maybe when we're doing these where, where are these games, we can speculate on things that have not been announced at all. Okay. That could potentially happen in 2022. Well, so I, I have four different games listed here. Um, for where where are these things, uh, and I, I'm going to rattle them all off, and then we can approach them in whatever order you like, Mark. Um, Metroid Prime, either a remake of the original or the trilogy. Um, Metroid Prime 4, whatever Donkey Kong game uh, the EAD Tokyo is, is, is working on, and a new Fire Emblem game, which was supposedly done uh, in, like, summer of, of this year. Mark, which of these would you like to talk about? Well, can I add to this list um, the whispers of like a Xenoblade game? Yeah, that is. Yeah, do it. Add it up. Um, like Xenoblade Three or whatever it's going to be mm-hmm. that is supposed to be. There were rumors before the Game Awards that you know it is. Yeah, that's right. Finished or close to being finished or close to being announced, but yeah, Xenoblade Three 
from Monolith Soft, supposed, supposedly out there looming. I love that anytime there is rampant speculation and like leaks or whatever um, around a, a Nintendo presentation, that anything that doesn't appear in that presentation is written off as like fake forever. <laughs> um, it's immediately dead. It's immediately dead, uh, which is why like I'm I'm we're doing whatever we can to revive uh, the rumors of this Donkey Kong game, of a new Fire Emblem game, and now of a uh, new Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, but what what do you think is the likelihood of any of these games uh, either being revealed in more depth or actually coming out this year? Well, let's talk about Metroid Prime of it all. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about uh, Metroid Prime 4 mm-hmm. first, because that one has concretely been announced and And canceled. Rebooted. And re- yes. <laughs> the reboot was announced mm-hmm. in 20, January of 2019. And we haven't heard anything since, haven't seen anything since. We know that Retro is still working on it by fact that nobody's announced that it's been canceled. Right. So do you think that this is the year for Metroid Prime 4? I don't. I don't either. I still think it's too early. Yeah. Well, and I I think that there is another easy year-long marketing beat behind just a Metroid Prime remake. Or whatever that is. Right. Because that is like the most recent rumor around Metroid Prime that popped up late summer, early fall last year. Yeah, I think it was around the September Direct. That, um, you know, Retro had originally been working on a remake of Metroid, the original Metroid Prime. And that the plan was that for it to be like a remake of the trilogy over time, right? They weren't going to like do it all at once. And then Nintendo was really impressed with that work. So when Metro Prime 4 was kind of falling apart, they uh, moved Metro Prime 4 over back to Retro. Um, Which is so funny because they made the games in the first place. They made the games in the first place. They had to earn it again for some reason. But so where we stand is that Metroid Prime Remake is still coming allegedly, right. but Metroid Prime 4 would follow after that. Do you think Metroid Dread is probably the best-selling Metroid game possibly ever, definitely since Super Metroid? Yeah. So do you think that it is a franchise that can sustain like a year, an annual release? Do you think we could have Metroid Dread last year, we could have Prime Remake this year, and we could have Metroid Prime 4 in 2023? Do you think that that's like a cadence that Metroid can handle? Prime and Fusion came out in the same year, like twenty years ago. Yes, or, like, yes, it was a yeah, you're right. Time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. But that was also coming off a, a a long Metroid drought, right? Like, that's. I don't know if it could sustain it forever, but I think Metroid Prime Remake and Metroid Prime Four coming on the two like years after Metroid Dread that it can sustain that, um, and then maybe we don't see it again for another twenty years. But like, do you think the remake is real? Do you think that like part of the rumor is know. real? I don't know. I don't know either. It makes it's the a thing, certain amount of sense. It does. Um, the the and just the the pervasiveness of the Metroid Prime trilogy being out there and effectively ready to go at like the flip of a switch, which was like a pervasive rumor for a long time, being reported from lots of different directions. But that doesn't mean anything, right? Like. Jeff Grubb says it, and then everyone is like, this is true. Well, and supposedly, right, like this... Not to call out Jeff Grubb, specifically. <laughs> right, right, totally. But, like, the this remake rumor that it is... That's yeah. kind of now, like, oh, what people were hearing about, you know, the trilogy yes. uh, being re-released for Switch is was actually this remake. I, I don't really know what to make of any it, of it. It sounds like no one knows what they're talking about. Yeah. You and I included. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound That's like us. That's not right. So I think where we're coming down is uh, Metro Prime 4, not this year. If the remake does exist, m- could happen this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if nothing else, uh, feeding the Metroid fan base this year makes like narrative sense to me. Right. Yeah. That, they, that they would continue to... Um, like keep that fire going, uh, because Metroid Dread made a an impact uh among the audience. It sold well, um, and was in Game of the Year like conversations. It didn't really, I don't think, claim that anywhere. But um, 
An honor to be nominated. An honor to be nominated and won like best action adventure game at the Game Awards or something like that. I'm adding another game to this Where's This Stuff list, mm-hmm. and that's Zelda, the Zelda HD games that were released on Wii U yes. on Switch. Um, but let's talk about Donkey Kong. Let's Donkey talk Kong about game. this Donkey Kong game. Uh, another rumor from around the time of uh, Nintendo's E3 presentation was that there was like a main like Tokyo development office. Donkey Kong, not Donkey Kong Country, just in name, but using like those characters. Um, a game like that existing. What do you think, Mark? Does it exist? I want to believe it. I, I want to believe, believe it so, it so bad, too. much. Yeah. So this one, I, I, I don't, I, I don't even know what to think. I don't even. Um, do you remember? Was it at E three when they announced like the the Super Monkey Ball collection? <laughs> yes. And for at a moment, yes. I think everybody on the internet, yeah, was uh, anticipating a Donkey Kong game. I I really want this to be true. I think there's no way that Donkey Kong is gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I think we are. Due He's probably gonna have a Donkey spinoff Kong. movie in a couple years. Exactly. <laughs> I just feel like we are so due for like a Donkey Kong yeah. game. Um, well, and also, I would like, love to, I would love for this to be real. The like lead Tokyo development office is working on something. Mm-hmm. They can't not be working on something. This is the like Mario Odyssey team that we're talking about. Um, they they have to be doing something. And if it's not this Donkey Kong game, I want to know what it is, and I can be excited about that. Because it's been what four years since uh, Odyssey? Yeah, twenty seventeen. I mean, do you to that point? Do you think there is the Mario movie being yeah. released later yeah. this year? Do you think that a Mario game will be teed up? Jeez. Um, like a new Mario game. Yeah. 2D. It could be like right. a in the vein of new Super Mario Brothers. I, it's been a, like you said, it's been, we had uh, 3D. Uh, 3D World. 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. And the year before that, we had um, New the Super Mario Brothers. Mario. <laughs> we had New Super Mario Brothers U. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was two years. I can't remember. But anyways, like, it's been a while since we've had a new, right. like, full game that wasn't Bowser's Fury. Right. Or Mario Maker. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. Something. There, yep. there, there's something there. I, I personally think it's going to be Donkey Kong. I think they've done... I think they have done as much Mario celebration as they can possibly like do. Um, and there'll always be another Mario game coming out at some point, you know, featuring the characters. But we're, I mean, we will, I think without fail, get some sort of sort of Mario game. Yeah. Yeah. This year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, something, whether it's, I don't think it'll be another Mario party. Baseball but or like, soccer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Strikers three. <laughs> I'm into it. Um. All right. Uh, Fire Emblem game, Xenoblade game. I don't. Those will come out when they come out. I don't. We don't really have anything to say about them. I don't think. Yeah. Um, the HD, uh, 3D Zelda games. So specifically here, we are referring to Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD, both of which were released on the Wii U. Um, I don't know. I think frustratingly, we're not going to see them on Switch. I I think you're right. I think the time for it has kind of kind of passed. Yeah. Um. Especially, especially, especially if uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel comes out this year. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Then it's just like nail in the coffin. If it gets pushed to 2023 and they tell us that, then I can see them putting out one of the HD remakes. But it feels weird to just yeah. like do one of them. But it also doesn't make sense for them to combine it into a single package. No, not at all. So, but I, I think you're right because. The way that I'm kind of viewing 2022 is that this is the Switch's last big, like, Nintendo release year. And that 2020, like we talked about on Tuesday, 2023 is in my head where I'm kind of expecting the Switch successor to be released. And so I feel like 2022 is it. Um, or not like it, but I feel like this is when we are getting those Switch heavy hitters. Yeah. And after that, Nintendo is going to cha- move its focus to whatever comes next. So I think we will still get... I, it would not su- surprise me if in 2022, you know, we saw a new Fire Emblem game then. You know, it wouldn't... Like, that sort of thing, like, yeah, at the yeah, tail yeah. end of the Switch lifecycle. But I, I personally feel like if there's no new 3D Mario game this year, like, on Odyssey scale... That's coming on the new Switch. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, there are so many of these, but I mean, you know, all, all, all of the rules I feel like are going to get thrown out the window. Um, but there are so many things where it's like one big Zelda game comes out, one Mario Kart comes out, um, one big 3D Mario comes out, like per generation, right? Like these are sort of, they're not rules, but they're just sort of things that have been observed. Yeah, do you remember when Galaxy 2 was announced and just being like so shocked? Yes. That, that it, we are getting like yes. a, a sequel on the Wii. Or they were getting a second 3D Mario game on the Wii. Yeah. The fact that it was a direct sequel was just like mind bending. Right. Well, and uh, this is <laughs> this is like the other thing about Nintendo is that like whatever rule or pattern you think you've observed, uh, like forget about it because they'll do whatever they want. <laughs> um, but I, I I think the the circumstances of just like the success of the Switch, um, the fact that uh, you. I know we said we were going to stop talking about like supply constraints, um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be easy to launch new hardware in the coming years. Uh, and the fact that there is no other, there's no designated handheld system that's running alongside the Switch, which is its own handheld system. Um, it just feels like there's less precedent to pull from. Uh, such a good point. Yeah. We're going into unprecedented times, Mark. Any, anything could happen truly. Final like button on that thought. Yeah. Metroid Prime 4. Yes. If it does not come out this year, do you think that it is released on Switch at all? Or do you think that is like a cross-generation game? Or do you not think that... Because I you know, I was saying my mindset is that 2023, we're seeing new hardware. I don't think that happens until 2025. Whoa. I know. I know. This is... I think we are going to wait a, a long time for there to be a new Nintendo like that, main hardware. That would be wild. That would be wild. I think that's part of the world that we're in though. Um and I think like I don't know, but but I, I I keep thinking about like what the uh chip shortages actually means for what's possible in development now, right? Um and the there are so so many ways that Nintendo could improve the experience of playing on its existing hardware just by working on like the back end, right? Um, to shore up their sort of like network experience, to make their back catalog available. Um, that there are so many like, they're obviously not just switches that they could flip, but like things that they could work on that aren't the same as having to create a whole new line of hardware to put out and substantively change the experience of like their main player base. I I don't think it's enough. I like I I don't think you can't could maintain the momentum of the switch by like improving those sorts of um aspects of the system. I think it yes, I think you are right, but I also don't know that you can like make a hundred million switch twos you don't at the moment you don't but yeah. that but yeah so i uh, i do i do think the future is very very interesting um all right mark that's us going through uh 2022 let's close this out and we've got all year to discover how wrong we've been. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tell us what you think about uh, the, how Nintendo's 2022 calendar looks to you so far. You can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail or tweet at us or whatever. We want to know what you're thinking. Are you excited? Will we see any Metroid games this year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Mark. I think may probably not. Bums me out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, if you like this episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers apologizing for the bad news about Metroid Prime. It's not really news. Thank you for listening.
Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.